Good morning. How are you guys? So I hope that you guys are excited about those two announcements. I know I am. Um, we're really looking forward to this fall. There's a lot going on. It's going to be a, a big deal for our church, the Rooted stuff. So if you guys, uh, if you're not signed up, think about how to sign up to be a part of that. That'll be, that'll be fantastic. Um, hard to believe, but 10 weeks ago, uh, we started a new series at the beginning of the summer, and now we're done. This is the last week. I mean, where'd the summer go? Are you guys feeling that way at all? I just feel like it just kind of slipped by without, you know, when we weren't looking or something. You guys are looking a little low energy. Should we all kind of get up and pat each other on the back, give some big hugs? You want to do that real quick? Hey, well, let's get up. If you are online, say hello to some people. Just reach over and say hello. You don't have to get up and s- just do something that gets you moving around. I'm giving you about 30 seconds. Get up. Got to get up and move. All right, enough uh, being nice to each other. Have a seat. (laughs) It's good to be here, huh? Hey, so 10 weeks ago, we started this series called uh, A Day at Sea, and we've been looking at the sea. We started out in Genesis 1. I don't know if you remember that, but Genesis 1, we saw how God created everything out of this kind of watery chaos at the beginning and how that's been represented by the sea ever since. We've been looking at how God regularly uses water as that place that he pulls us out of when he's creating something new, right? We saw it at creation, We saw it in the life of Israel when they came through the Red Sea and he made them into a nation. We saw that in the life of Jonah as God reached down in the middle of the ocean in the belly of a whale and pulled him out to make him the prophet that he needed him to be, to save the the city and the people of Nineveh. We're gonna look at that type of thing again. We're gonna see that again as we look at our passage today from Romans 6. Sorry, gonna have you stand up again. Romans 6, 3 through 11. We're gonna read the word of God together and listen as you hear this. Listen for that, that picture again of how God pulls us out of the water as he is making something new. Romans 6, 3 through 11. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as he was raised up from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in a new kind of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of, that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised up from the dead, is never to die again. Death is no longer a master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's a lot. That one's packed. That's the book of Romans for you. But baptism, we're going to be celebrating in a couple of weeks. We're going to be joining with others who show their, show the sign of what's going on, of what God is doing in their lives through 
following him in baptism. It's when we're kind of buried into this, this picture of being buried in the water like he was buried in the earth, but then raised up into this new life because that is what happens in us. That's what he has done in us. And just like that, but just like that dry land, you know, in Genesis 1 when we started, it was brought out of this, this watery kind of chaos, this watery sea, and the dry land appeared. It was a sign, wasn't it? It was a sign that there was something new coming. It was a sign that there was this new, this new context and reality, and there was, there's something other than just the chaos of the seas that was emerging. In the same way, when we're baptized, when we're raised up, we are a sign. We're showing the world that there's something new coming. There's a new creation, a new reality, and a new life in Christ. This morning, the message is titled, Signs of a New Creation. Father, I want to thank you that, that we are those signs. You have chosen not to just do signs and miracles and wonders and astounding things in the stars and the heavens and in the earth. You haven't chosen to use just, just natural phenomenon or supernatural wonders, but you have wrapped all of that up in us, in a very common, simple people. Just ordinary people, God, you have decided to show your glory. And in ways that, that some might mistake for just, just somebody getting dunked in water, somebody just getting a little bit more wet than they were a few minutes ago. But Father, you said, no, this is a sign. This is a sign of a coming kingdom. This is a sign and a wonder. So Father, show us. Show us how to how to embrace that, show us how to live into that, show us how to be those signs to each other and to this world, that we are yours and that we are being prepared for that world that we can't even imagine. Father, we pray that you would be doing that work this morning through the power of your spirit, through the power of your word as you speak to us and speak to our hearts. Reveal your word to us so that we might be more like Jesus when we leave this place than when we came in. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> you know, when we were living in Denver, one of the things I, I used to love when we travel back uh, to Illinois, to, um, up into Michigan, uh, we go back to see family back east. And what I loved was on the return journey, there's this point on I-70 where it's right around Lyman, Colorado. You go over this rise, and for the first time, all of a sudden the Rocky Mountains are there, taking up the whole horizon in front of you. And they're just beautiful range of mountains. But at that moment, you knew that while you weren't quite home, you kind of were home, right? We still had another couple hours on the road, but we knew. As soon as you see those mountains, you know, you know what, we're home. Because we weren't there yet, but we, we kind of were. That thing that we hoped for, that thing that traveling kept us traveling through Kansas, that, <laughs> whew, it was very, very close. In the same way, last week we saw in the book of Revelation that God is preparing this new world for us. He's preparing this new heavens and this new earth, and it's this place where there's no more sorrow and no more sadness, no more sickness, no more death, no more sin, no more being sinned against. There's no more wondering, there's no more, there's, there's no more violence or oppression. 
There's just glory and blessing and honor and strength and joy and peace. There's being living in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus and seeing him in all of his glory. And, and in the rest of the New Testament, we find out that not only is God preparing that place for us, but he is preparing us for that place. So he's doing this work of transformation in us to make us the kind of people that won't go into that kind of place and mess it up, right? If, if we went to heaven as we are right now, that'd be a horrible place, wouldn't it? Right? It just, it'd be just like here. <laughs> Baptism is a sign that the promises that God has made about where we're going and the promises he has made about the preparation he is doing, that those, that those are being fulfilled, that we're not there yet, but we kind of are. That we're not quite home, but yeah, we're kind of home. That there's something in our lives, just like the mountain showed, there's something in our lives, it's, it's, it's not done, but there's a completion to it, that we're in Christ. In our passage today in Romans 6, 5, at the first half, I wanna take just that verse, 6, 5, we're gonna kind of dig into it. And it says that in the first half, it says that through baptism, baptism, we are united with Jesus. We're united with him in the likeness of his death. We need to understand what that means. What does it mean to be united with Jesus in the likeness of his death? Now, that word united, what it means is that we become identified with him. We become identified as belonging to him in, in a couple of ways. One is that picture where we're laid out in the water like he was laid out in the tomb under the earth, and we're laid out under the water. And it's this kind of sign of death, but there's a reality to it. And that's the more important piece. It says that in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and in Galatians 3, 27, it says that we're not, we're not just baptized, we're not just dunked in water, but we are actually baptized into him. We're identified, we're united with him, we're made one with him so that his death applies to us and we're immersed by the spirit into his body so that we become members of his new community. We're created into this, this new reality. So that the real baptism that we went through was not just being dunked into water and having water wash over us. If you've been baptized, you know there was a, either a, a dunking or a sprinkling or a pouring. But he says, that's not, that's not the, the greatest part. The greatest part was when you said to Jesus, you know what, have my life, I give that up and I take yours instead and we're immersed into him. That's where baptism finds this reality. It's in that relationship that is established with Jesus Christ. You know, when adults are baptized, it's kind of obvious because they give their, their, the testimony of their word right then. I have been, this has happened within me, and so I want to be baptized. And so they're baptized as a sign of that reality that's happened. When we bring children to Jesus and when they're baptized as babies, what we're doing is, is that baptism, that, that identification happens then, even though the confirmation by their own mouth may happen later. But still, the reality of it is not found in the water. It's not just found in the words. It's found in the reality that they have this, this connection, this, this uniting that has happened with Jesus in their lives. So in this church, we baptize children, we baptize adults because it's not about, it's not about the, the ceremony. It's not about the getting wet. It's about that connection to Jesus. And the thing that we're most concerned about is do you know Jesus? 
Do you walk with him? Do you have a relationship with him? Have you been immersed into his life through the power of his spirit? But then that word likeness, that's what united is talking about. We're identified as his. But then that word likeness, it means that baptism is like the sign. It's like we're not there yet, but we kind of are. That's what likeness means, doesn't it? Because we know that in baptism, we don't, we don't die. We don't hold them down, right? You don't, you don't keep them there till they meet Jesus, right? No, it's the likeness of his death. Now, Jesus died. It was real. In fact, that was confirmed. It was confirmed by the, those who hated him. It was confirmed by those who loved him. It was confirmed by even the ones who put him to death. The Romans wouldn't have allowed his body to be taken off the cross if he wasn't literally dead. The disciples want to bury that body if he wasn't literally dead. God doesn't ask us to die in that way when he calls us to follow Jesus, but he kind of does. Jesus regularly, he'd say, you have to take up your cross. You have to die daily to follow me. If you don't leave this life behind, if you don't enter into this relationship as if you have died to this world, You're not really following after me. Well, what does that mean? Well, you guys, death takes everything. If we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ and we think, well, I'm gonna hold on to the parts of my life that I like the best, whether they're sinful or not. I'm gonna hold on to those intact and I'm gonna bring those with me because I really like them. And he says, no, that's not how death works. That's not being That's not being united with him in the likeness of his death. I mean, think about it. When we literally die, we we lose our contact. We lose our connection with this world. And we all know that we don't bring anything with us. We don't bring the good. We don't bring the bad. We don't bring the ugly, right? We can't, we don't go to Jesus and we say, you know, I'll I'll follow you. And we know this. We don't say, I'll follow you, but I want to keep my favorite sins. We know those got to go. We don't say, I'm going to follow you, but I want to keep my my greatest habits, right? My addictions. I want to bring those into heaven with me. We know those things go, but what about, what about my successes? What about my greatest personal victories? What about my abilities and my talents and my strengths? says, no, those those are laid down too. Why? Because we lay down this whole life before God. And we say, you take it all. You give to me what I need to be more like Jesus. You give to me what I need to enter into that life that you have, the fullness of it. I don't want to have my hands so full I can't grab hold of the life that God has for me. So we let it all go. And we trust that God will bring back those things that he, that he has given to us, those good and perfect gift that will go into eternity with us. We believe that he'll give those back to us if we need them. So it's not just the bad stuff we give, we give up to follow Jesus. It's everything because we are united with him in the likeness of his death. You know, what if Jesus wanted me to follow him? Sometimes we don't think about this. And this is, this is honestly a thought that has gotten lost to the church. 
It used to be, I, I remember growing up, this was a central theme I would hear over and over again, but what if God wanted me to go serve him somewhere far away from what I consider my home? What if he was calling me? We have those who we support as missionaries. We have people in our congregation who have moved here from way far away in a place where they considered their home. And they're here because God brought them here. Well, what if God wants me to serve him like that? That doesn't mean that I'm giving up bad stuff. I could be giving up good stuff to follow him because I have been united with him in the likeness of his death. Everything goes. So we know that baptism is not a picture. It's not a picture of God just washing me clean, but I get to keep the body you know, that I get to keep this body and I get to go back into a world like the one that I knew before. Instead, we're seeing baptism as a picture of God pulling us out of the watery chaos of the grave and giving us a completely new life unlike any we have ever dreamed of or imagined. Do we know that? Second half of this verse in, in, Revela- or in Romans 6 verse 5 The second half is a little bit more ambiguous because in the first half it says we've been united with him through baptism into the likeness of his death. The second second half doesn't use the word united or the word likeness, but but it still kind of implies them. So it says we've been united with him in the likeness of his death, and then it implies and we've been united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. But literally what it says is we will be resurrected as he is resurrected. So at two, at all at once, it's talking about two different things. One is, there is coming a day because we've been united with him in the likeness of his death, because we have left our old behind, we will literally be resurrected with him in the future. He's gonna, he's gonna bring us into that new heaven and that new earth. We have a hope that drives us forward that says, it, it, we may not see it here, we're not there yet, but it's coming. We've seen the mountains, Right? We know we're not at home, but we kind of are. But we know that we will be home. So there's coming a day that the literal, we're going to be raised. This body's gonna be done away with because this thing sometimes just holds us to the old, doesn't it? But he says he's gonna, but then this, what's implied is also he unites us to the likeness of his resurrection, meaning between now and when we're brought into glory, when we're brought into that new heaven and that new earth, that new home that he has prepared for us and that he's preparing us for. Until that time, we get to still walk in kind of this this taste of the new. We get to walk as signs in this world of a world that is to come. We get to walk as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, even though we're not in the kingdom of heaven yet. We get to walk as representatives of Jesus and of the power of his Holy Spirit, even though we're not in the fullness of that yet. So we, on the one hand, yes, we will be resurrected, but we are also now, we are united with him as we have been in the likeness of his death. We didn't literally die. He says when we're united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. So we didn't literally die, so we haven't literally raised. But in the inner person where we have let go, we've died to ourselves, we've died to this world, we've died to this life and given him everything, he says he also raises us up in the power of his Holy Spirit. 
and the likeness of that resurrection. So it says now in Ephesians, it says that the very power of God that works, Paul is praying in Ephesians 1, and he says, I pray that your eyes would be open so that you would see three things, but the third is the power that is at work in you, which is the very power, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you because we've been united with him in the likeness of that resurrection. Romans 6 says, because because of that promise of God that is represented in our our baptism, we will, will be literally resurrected. But for now, in this time, that inner person, that 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 inside of us has been made new. In 2 Corinthians, it says all things have been made new. In fact, to the point that we who believe, we who know Jesus, we don't recognize each other by the outside anymore. We don't just look at the outside things and say, what's your status in this world? What have you accomplished? And and what is your name? What lineage do you come from? And and, and what are you you doing? What are your talents? And, And what kind of treasures do you have? We don't recognize that anymore. It says instead, we recognize each other by what has happened on the inside. We recognize each other as sons and daughters of the most high God, as representatives of Jesus Christ in this, those who have been and are being transformed by the very power of God. That's who we are, church. That's who we are. That's what we walk in. And baptism is a sign that, yes, we're not there yet, but we kind of are. We kind of are walking in this new life now. So what does it mean? What, what can we do? How do we live out this reality of baptism? Because if we follow Jesus, one of the things we're called to do, we're called to be baptized in him. We're called to stand out in this sign in this, and stand up in our faith and say, yeah, I, I am identifying myself with his death and with his resurrection. So how do we live that out? Well, first, you know, some of you, you may not have been baptized yet. Some of you may not even have a relationship with Jesus yet. And all that that means is, and this isn't about whether you go to church. It's not about, it's not about whether we're a good person. It's not about whether we believe that God exists. This is about a gift that God has offered where he, he hands us. He says, you know what? I want to have a relationship with you where I come and I take up residence within you and you give up your life so that you can live, you exist in me and I exist in you. It's a new connection with God that we haven't had before. And if that hasn't happened, that's the place to start because that's all that baptism represents is being immersed into Jesus as being immersed into his death and then rising up into the newness of his life. And that happens through this, this relationship. So that's the place to start. If that hasn't happened, it's knowing that God, God does his work, you know, but that we have this, this opportunity. He, offers, he makes this offer of this gift and we take him up on this offer. So if you have, if you choose to receive him, that baptism, what it is, it becomes that first step of that, ref- the way, it's kind of like that first step in reflecting the life that is now in you. Does that make sense? You're gonna spend the rest of your life reflecting Jesus. But baptism's like that first step that he calls you to after that's established within you to then let it be starting to reflect and become that sign outwardly. And so we're buried with him in baptism through, or buried with him 
through baptism and then we're raised with him into the newness of that life that he calls us to. So if you, if you haven't made that step, I, I really wanna say, if this morning, if you're, whether you're online, whether you're with us here, if you haven't taken that step, don't leave this place. If you feel like God is, it, it, you're here for that reason, because you need to establish that, that needs to be established in your life this morning, that, that God wants to take up residence, he wants to establish that new relationship with you, don't, don't miss that opportunity. Instead, if you're online, you can, you can click that button and say, hey, I wanna, I wanna talk to somebody about this. Click that prayer button. If you're here in this place, you can wait till after the service. You can talk to one of those who is up front to pray with, to pray with us, or you can come find me because I'd love, love to talk to you about what it means to walk with Jesus in a relationship but for those of you who have, you've established, you walk with Jesus on a regular basis. What does it mean to walk in the reality, to walk in, in this reality of our baptism? What does that mean? Well, I think there are three things. The first is this, walking in the reality, that, that truth, that, that new creation of our baptism. It means that we walk in the responsibility that comes in our baptism. You know, there's a part that God does in our baptism. There's a part that we do. There's a part that God does in our relationship with Christ. There's a part that we do. The part that God does is all the miraculous stuff. It's the stuff we can't handle. It's the stuff, I mean, I I don't know how he forgives all my sins. I don't know how he comes and lives in me. I don't know how he transforms me from being someone who fundamentally is opposed to and rebelling against him to someone who is his child who actually reflects his very nature. I don't know how he does that. That's his work. That's his side of baptism. That's his responsibility. But I have a responsibility. And Romans 6 tells us that part of that is when I come to baptism, when I come to my relationship with Christ, I let everything go. I do not try and smuggle stuff in to my relationship with Christ because somehow I'm attached to it or I love it or I think I'm so brilliant for having come up with it. I let it go. Now, there's a lot of times we look at the stuff and we go, yeah, but this is a good thing. Yeah, it might be a good thing, but if it's good enough to go in, God will give it to you. But if not, let it go. There's sometimes we look and we say, yeah, but if I give it to God, then I'm afraid I'm gonna lose it forever. You might, but God would not take away something that will be for your good or will be good for you, right? He wouldn't do that. So let it go. That's our responsibility is to enter into and be united with Christ in the likeness of his death. So baptism challenges that ownership. It doesn't just ask us to let go of the anger and the jealousy and the sins and the habits. It's not just that, but it is the successes and the strengths and all those things that we love to brag about and boast about that we're so good at, our brilliant mind, our wonderful looks, our fantastic possessions, all of that, let it go. We die to that in Christ so that we might find that we trust that he has a more amazing life for us than we can find in ourselves. Amen? Second, not only take up the responsibility, your responsibility of baptism, but also live into the results of your baptism. So on the first half, it says we are united in the likeness of his death. The second half, though, says we're united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. So live into that. You know, in the rest of the New Testament, 
In Romans and elsewhere, you find Paul and others writing, and they say, so therefore put aside the old self and put on the new self. It says we've been clothed in Christ. We've been clothed in glory. We've been filled with the very power of God. It says when we pray, we don't pray as those who are desperately hoping that we say things enough time that God finally hears us. We pray to God as our father because we've been adopted as his children. We don't have to beg God to do what is right or good for us. He, it says, keep your eyes set on the things above, not on the things that are... Don't get so, so enticed by and entangled in the things of this world. But set your eyes on, set your focus on that world that is to come. When you see the mountains, you don't stop there and camp out. You go, it's just a little further, but we got to get home. In the same way, we see the signs that the kingdom is coming. We see the signs within us. We see the signs all around us. And we say, you know, we're not quite there. We kind of are. But we need to press into all that's been given us as to walk in the spirit, not walk in the flesh. Allowing the spirit of God to lead us in our decisions and our actions so that we would reflect Jesus more and more. So whereas in the responsibility side, you say, so are there any things that I'm hanging on to that I haven't let go of, I haven't given to Jesus? Deal with that. On the, on the, the results side, you're saying, is there any place that I'm not living into the fullness of what God has promised me in this life? Am I not taking hold of the joy and of the peace and of that inner sense of just thanksgiving and gratitude? Am I living in anxiety? Am I living in just kind of this, this cloud of just this fog? Am I living in, in, in a confusion? Because God hasn't promised those things. He says, no, let go of the things so that you can grab hold of the results, everything. And, and finally, you know, live in, live in the responsibilities and the results, but live into that reality. And the reality is this, you guys. <laughs> The reality that baptism represents. We're not home yet. And we're not home yet, which means that there's still work to be done. Isn't that true? When you look at yourself and you say, you know, I may have been baptized. Baptism's not magic. It's not all of a sudden we pop out of the water and we're never tempted again. And we never have to wrestle with this world. And we never have to wrestle with, with our own sin and our own brokenness. Because there are things that are embedded in us that are being transformed, but they're not done yet. And the reality is, is that God's still at work in you and we still have a lot of work to do with God. So live into that reality. You know, when God, when God pulled the dry land out of the seas, he did it, <laughs> when God pulled the dry land out of the seas, when he pulled his people out through the Red Sea, when he pulled Jonah out from the belly of the whale, he wasn't done. In fact, that was like the beginning. From there, he like covered the land with with plants and he filled it with people and with animals and then he brings it towards this new creation where it all will be redeemed and transformed into the glory that he intended right so pulling it out of the seas that was a start but they weren't home yet pulling his people out he still brought them through the wilderness for 40 years he's brought them through thousands of years of history and he says but one day they will be seen and people will look at his people Israel and say and his people that have been grafted in and everything and see the very glory of God and the people of God Jonah we saw in that story when he pulled him out of the belly of the whale he wasn't done yet 
In fact, to the very end of the book, he's not done yet. He's still teaching him lessons to try and convert and, and change and transform this prophet into someone who reflects God's heart instead of his own. And I can relate to that, can't you? The reality of baptism is it starts us on a journey. It tells us, yeah, we're not home, but we kind of are. There's a lot going on, but we got a lot of work to do. So live into that reality. Just lean into that. Continue to be shaped by God. Continue to let him do his work and, and bring up those things. Continue to lean into his word and say, God, God, what is it that I still need to know? Continue to have your heart open to say, God, are there still areas that are not yours, that need to be yours, that I need to be conformed to your death, that I need to be conformed to the living out of your resurrection? You know, in, in 1 Peter 3.18, and then in verse 21, it says this. It says, Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in regards to this life, but being made alive in the spirit. That's what we just talked about. But then listen to this. And corresponding to that, baptism. Baptism now saves you, but not the washing of dirt from your flesh with water. It's not about getting wet, but rather the appeal to God for this renewed inner person through the resurrection of Jesus. Rather that we might be transformed so that we might be fit for that home once we arrive there. We know that God's preparing the home our final salvation awaits in this day when this world passes away, when we're released from <laughs> entrapment sometimes in this, this body that just has, I, you know, when I talk about muscle memory, you know how you'll be driving home and you're not even thinking about, you just kind of drive home? We sin that way, don't we? There are just times we get into a situation and we just go on auto and we just, we react or we respond, or we act in ways that are against God, and we go, how did I do that? We have synapses in our brains that are fired. I have a whole range of, of vocabulary that I learned early on in my life around high school, right? That I would rather not ever come out, but there are situations <laughs> when I hit my hand with a hammer where words come to mind. Why? Because this body is not yet resurrected. So I'm not home yet, but I still want to walk in the, in the truth and the reality of that baptism. I want to be that sign that there is a new world that not only is coming, but it's, it's here. We're not there yet, but we, we kind of are. That's what it means. That's what it means, because if we can walk in that kind of reality, the reality of that baptism, being baptized into the very life of Jesus, immersed in him. That's when we become signs to each other and to this world. There's a whole new reality. There's a whole new kingdom. There's a whole new creation that's been brought in and that's coming. We're not there yet, but we kind of are, right? 